Good morning. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy, happy 2020. I can't believe it. 2020. That's a. Some of you are shaking your head with me, like, "What? This is crazy." Um, this is unplanned, but I was just so moved by one of the songs that David and his team led. Just the song that he led, um, "Your Glory." Um, so I was thinking about the fact that um, nothing else can make us whole except for the blood of Jesus. And if we think about the new year, and uh, one of the, the things that a lot of people like to do in the new year is do resolutions, New Year's resolutions. I was thinking about that, just meditating on, on what the, the song was, uh, was leading us in, and um, this idea of wholeness. Wholeness is something that we, we tend to look back on the end, like in December, we're like, oh man, there are a lot of things that were not whole in my life in 2019. So 2020, how can I make myself whole, right? I'm going to make my bed every morning. <laughs> I'm going to floss every single day. You know, I'm going to make myself whole. I'm going to go to church on time. You know, all these things. I'm going to read my Bible, pray, all these things. <sighs> it's a time, I was just thinking, man, these New Year's resolutions, we're just chasing after this idea of wholeness that can only be found in Christ, really. And so thank you, David, for leading us. Thank you for picking that song and reminding me, even in this time, I mean, I'm just filled with, you know, motivation and resolve to make myself whole. Nothing else can make us whole except for the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So that was just something <laughs> that's free. <laughs> it's a free thought. Um, but today, oh, happy new year. I've been seeking the Lord, thinking about and praying about this message for, I feel like a few months now, actually, thinking about this, this message for a few months because I wanted to get started off this new year, this new decade, with, with, this, with a fresh vision from the Lord. Um, so I've been praying, and it's not something that I, I, you know, I hear an audible voice of God or anything. Um, but it's just something where I was like, God, I need to see you speak. I need to hear a word from you to share with our church, to give us a theme for this year. Um, and so I've been praying and seeking, and even asking the elder board um, about where, where God is leading us and what God has done in the past and so that's all. So today's message is a culmination of all of that. I tried to, I actually wrote two messages. You're gonna, no one's happy about that, right? So <laughs> I, I, I destroyed one of them, and you're left with a better one. Just trust me on that. Um, <laughs> um, so with much seeking, uh, we came to this phrase, deeply rooted, deeply rooted. And, um, you know, where, what is God's will for our church in 2020? What is God's will for our church in the next 5, 10, 15 years next 20 years, next decade. As the years go by and the seasons change, I want us to be a people who are deeply rooted in Christ. So in 2020, we will be a people, we will choose to be a people who are deeply rooted in Christ. Um, that is, the, that is my, um, my thesis for today that I want to give to you. And what I wanted to do is actually, um, I was praying and asking God, you know, give me a picture, give me something that I can give to the church. And he put Psalm chapter 1 in my heart, in my mind. And if you guys remember Psalm chapter 1, it might be a familiar psalm to, to many of us here, um, but I hope that, you know, as we look at this psalm, it'll give us something um, that will help us as we step into this new decade and begin this new year um, together as a family. So, um, psalm, oh, I tapped the wrong thing. Psalm chapter 1, I have it here. You can follow along in your Bibles as well. Psalm chapter 1 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the, in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. 
That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So, um, you know, as we begin this new decade, I just want to give us this choice. Will we continue to try to make ourselves whole? Or will we live into the identity as a gospel-centered family, that we are dependent wholly on God? Um, and the picture that God gave to me is this tree in Psalm chapter 1. This person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And so this whole message is going to be centered around this picture of a tree. Um, so um, let's pray. Let's go to God in prayer as we um, ask God to open our hearts. Let's pray. God, and all the glory goes to you. All the praise goes to you. All the worship goes to you. And even right now, God, our hearts are yours. We surrender this time in our minds and our will to you. God, remove any distractions in our hearts, in our minds, any worries and anxieties. God, we lay them at the foot of the cross, asking that, God, you would take them from us. God, we pray right now for your word to come alive. We pray right now, God, for your spirit to speak to us, to interpret, God, and to make known your, um, your son, Jesus Christ, to us. And so um, speak through me, God. Remove any impurities in my own heart. Cleanse me, purify me, that I may be your vessel. Christ in my prayer. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to focus on just the middle part of this psalm. Verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I want to talk about this line by line here with us today. And so the first thing, a tree planted by streams of water. Um, in, the, in the Hebrew, this is really interesting. A tree planted by streams of water, um, the, the, the tense of this verb, planted, is the passive participle, meaning that the subject, the tree, was the recipient of the action. The tree was planted, right? The action was done to the subject. Or in other words, trees don't plant themselves, <laughs> right? They don't go around thinking, a tree, I am a tree. I want to live here. And then they're like, oh, let's move over here. I'm going to plant myself here. A tree is planted wherever the wind blows the seed, right? They don't have a choice. It just, boop, right? I know many of us here love to garden. Any gardeners here? I have the opposite of a green thumb. I want to call it a black thumb. Um, many people have told me that uh, lavender is a very easy plant to grow, especially here in the Bay Area. Is that true? Very true, right? So one of my friends gave me a pot, like a, a lavender like potted plant. And I was like, oh, great. Just put it in the ground, and it should grow. It died instantly. Like, it died instantly. I should have left it in the pot, actually, and it would have lasted longer. It somehow died instantly. I must have overwatered it. I don't know. Just don't give me plants, guys. <laughs> but for all the you know, exceptional gardeners here, I've seen some of your gardens, and I would call them mini farms. Um, you decide, the gardener decides where to plant the plant, right? And many of us have fruit trees. We decide to plant the trees where we want to plant the trees. The tree doesn't get to decide where it's planted. And that's, that leads us to our first lesson for today. We have to trust, if we trust in God, that he is in control, 
we have to also trust that God has us, that God has you in the right place. Because we begin a new year, there's lots of, you know, social media posts and writings about how the decade has been for them. A lot of posts where it's like nine pictures in one picture. And it's like, look at me, I was so young 10 years ago. And look at all the things that have happened in my life. You know? um, we, we think about our lives and we think, like, how did we get to this point here? How did you get to where you are here? How did you, you know, find the person that you're with? How did you get into the school that you're in? How did you get the job that you have? Well, think about it. Was it you? Did you plant yourself there? Or did you recognize that God is in control of your life? And if you trust in God that he is in control of your life, you have to trust that God has you in the right place. And that's what surrender is about. Surrender is about trusting that God's plan for you is best, right? And I know that 2019, maybe this 2020 decade, 2010 decade, might not have been the best decade of your life. In many ways, sometimes it might, you know, in some ways it could have been one of the hardest years of your life or the hardest decades of your life. And I think back on my own my own decade, man, that's weird to say. Um, in 2010, I graduated college, and now I'm here, and I have a kid. Um, my kid's not with me. He's sick. Oh, gosh. It's been, a, it's been an up and down. You know, life is up and down. And if we, we think about what God has done in our lives in the past decade, we have to recognize that God has us exactly where he wants us. Exactly. And I'm, you know, I just, every time I come here, I have to remind myself to be grateful. I'm thankful that we are here. We are gathering here um, in this place, in this building. Um, even just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I was reminded by one of our, our church members, wow, this place doesn't flood like our last place. <laughs> or wow, the heater works in this place. You know, like these little things, you know, that we take for granted all the time. God has us in the right place. And it's not just for the material things. God has us exactly where he wants us to be. And I think that this year, as we look into 2020, I really want our church to be a blessing to where we, this school. You know, as we think about, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing, as we learned that lesson. We are blessed to be a blessing. Um, God doesn't just provide for his people so that we can be comfortable. He provides for his people so that we can be a testimony to the world around us, the people in need. Where has God placed us? He's given us a direct mission field by being here in a school. And I think that, you know, if we can capture this mission field, if we can really engage this mission field here in this school, God has us exactly in the right place. You know, we're not a huge church, but we're not a small church. We can make an impact in the lives of people here in this school. We can impact the, the teachers whose classrooms we rent out every single Sunday. We can, we can help pray over the children. We can pray over their seats. We can pray over this room. We can pray over, you know, the, the Alondra who, who works so much, so hard for us every single week. We can be a blessing to people here in this school. God has us in the right place. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. Now for, for us here, maybe as we think about our own individual lives, what is God's plan for you? Do you trust that God has you in the right place? Or do you feel like, man, I've been, I've been slaving away at this job or this, this internship or, you know, I've been working in, on fixing my family for so long. Oh, God, is this really the right place for me? And actually, as I'm saying this, I'm reminded a lot of people in the Bay Area are very much discontent with where, where they are, even though, you know, like, the salary is great, the job is great, you know, the weather is great. 
we can find ways to, to be discontent. We can. And many people, in fact, some, some of my, my friends have moved away from the Bay Area saying, this is not, I just don't like it here. I think the grass is greener somewhere else. The grass is greener in Texas. <laughs> the grass is greener in Seattle or whatever it is. We, we have become so discontent. And a lot of that discontentment, we can translate to God as well. God, why have you caused these things to happen in my life? Why is work so hard? Why is my boss so uncompassionate? Why is my, why is my child so disobedient? <laughs> why, why can't I get along with my spouse? Why is traffic so bad? God, why are the housing prices so low? No, high. <laughs> we can be discontent with, let, with everything if we let ourselves but if we trust that God has us in the right place, our eyes will be open to see how can we be a blessing to those around us? How can we bless Gardner Elementary? How can we be a witness in our workplaces? We trust that God has us in the right place. We surrender to God's plan, and wherever we go, we recognize God has planted us there. God has planted you there. God has planted you in that field. We trust that he has us in the right place. Lesson two, actually, we're planted and we're doing all these things, but lesson two, you are more than a tree, okay, guys? You're more than a tree. We can seek the Lord, all right? So God has planted you, but, but that doesn't mean that you have to be passive in your relationship with God. It doesn't mean you have to be passive in the way that you approach your mission and your calling in life. And I think that's kind of the, the balance that we have to strike here when we use all these metaphors of gardens and trees and plants. It's like, all right, I am just a seed, <laughs> wherever God moves me, I will move, and I won't move unless God moves me, right? Well, you, can, you guys are not just trees, okay? You can move. You can do things. You can take action. You have a choice. You have a will, and you can use that to chase after the things that God has placed on your heart, okay? <laughs> you, are more, you are more than a tree. You are a child of God, and you can walk with him, all right? You can be passive about your spiritual life, or you can be active. You can take control over it. You can't, I mean, you are a tree, right? You are planted where God is. But we have to choose continually to plant ourselves also next to the stream of life, near waters, to seek out the source of life, who is God. All right? So trust that God has you in the right place. But also, you are more than a tree. You're more than a tree, okay? Next line. This person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Fruitfulness, that's what I want to talk about next, fruitfulness. This is my heart cry for our church. That's my heart cry for all of us here. And I want, you know, for me, I want to have a fruitful ministry and a fruitful family and a, you know, fruitful personal relationships. Um, but this, this desire to be fruitful often leads me into a place of comparison with other people. And it's always, I always compare myself to people who are farther along than I am. I don't know about you, but I never compare myself to like, you know, a kid. Like, haha, kid. Can you drive? No, I can drive. <laughs> Do you know what the word fruitfulness means? No, haha, I am fruitful. I am smarter than you. No, I never compare myself to this. You don't do that. You always compare yourself to someone who's farther along than you. Like, wow, look at that guy. His his children are so good. How? <laughs> How? Or look at this pastor. He's, his church is doing so well. How? 
Or look at, look at this engineer. They're going up the ranks so, like they're innovating and doing all these things so well. How? I want to be like that. Why aren't I like that? Or here's the thing. You know, I graduated college 10 years ago. Now I can compare to myself to my other classmates 10 years ago. Wow, they started this company? Oh my gosh, what the heck? Wow, look at that. You're always comparing yourself to someone who's a little bit farther along. And, you know, social media helps along with that. But also, um, it's just, it plays into our, our own human nature. To always feel like, oh man, I can never measure up. Um, I always seem to compare myself to other families who seem to be happier or have more obedient and smarter and cuter and more obedient children <laughs> than mine. Um, <laughs> no, but I love my kid. Um, I don't have, do I have to say that? It's pretty obvious, right? I love my kid. Um, but that leads me to, you know, our, our third lesson for today. We don't choose what season it is. We can't. We don't decide, now I'm in this season. I decide to be in this season, and therefore it is this season. <laughs> it, the seasons will come, right? We don't get to decide what season it is. But we have to be aware of what season we're in. Otherwise, we'll have we'll just keep comparing ourselves to someone who's in a different season than us, you know? And then we will become so, so bitter or so, so upset or so angry or so depressed about where we're at. That is not God's will for us. It isn't. God's will for us is to understand that God is in control, first of all, that he is sovereign, that he has us in the right place and that whatever season that you're in, God is with you in that season, right? So don't go comparing yourself to to someone who's way in a different season than you're in, right? Learn from them, but don't compare. Don't compare. Again, all the gardeners in, in this church, when is the right time to plant your vegetables? I actually need to know this. I don't know. <laughs> is it spring? So, depends on the vegetable. Oh, gosh. Oh, man, it's way more complicated than I thought. <laughs> My black thumb is revealing itself more. <laughs> you know, um, so a side, side story. Um, apparently, there's a difference between dirt and soil. Is that true? Like, dirt, you can just find on the road, or like, this is dirt. But soil, there's like, it's like soil. You can plant things in soil. So I didn't know this. And then Liz, she had this whole indoor garden of things, beautiful plants. She spent a lot of time cultivating these plants, succulents and different things, really green, beautiful. And they started to grow so much that like, she needed to repot because they were, you know, all the roots took the whole pot. I guess that's a thing, right? So I was like, oh, just get some dirt from outside, put it in a bigger pot, and then put the plant in there. Oh, gosh, I killed all of her plants that way. Oh, yeah. She was much more upset than that. <laughs> in fact, it was really bad. Um, it brought in a kind of invasive fungus spore as well into the house. So like all these spores got everywhere. I was like, what happened? Soil is soil, right? No, it's not. Go, go buy soil. I think indoor plants need indoor soil. <laughs> Learn from my terrible mistake. Anyways, that's not related to this at all. But... Um, we don't get to choose what season it is. Gardeners, you know that you don't just plant all your summer crops, right, in spring, or you don't plant your spring crops in winter. You have to understand what season it is and act accordingly, right? You don't get to choose. 
You don't get to choose. And then once you plant the seed, once you water it once, do you then talk to the seed and get frustrated? Why haven't you produced fruit yet? It's been one day. Or wait one week. What the heck, fruit? Come on, come on, come on. We're so impatient. We need to be more patient with God and we need to be more patient with ourselves, right? This line in, in scripture, it says, is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit when we want it or immediately. No, it yields its fruit in season. In season. This is the best case scenario, guys. This is a best case scenario. We yield fruit in season. In season. We don't get to choose it. And when we, when we think that we can control everything, like, I'm going to plant this church and it's going to grow in this way. No, it will grow in season. Or I'm going to preach the gospel to my coworker, and then they're going to become Christian right away. No, it'll, that seed will take root in season. Or I'm going to raise my family to know the Lord in season. Everything happens in God's timing. Everything happens in God's season. We don't get to choose the seasons. We have to recognize which season we're in, though. When we do that, we will become more, more efficient in the way that we treat ourselves, more healthy in the way that we show patience to God and ourselves as well. All right? So the next line. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So we'll talk about this line by line. Its leaf does not wither. This is talking about resiliency. Resiliency. Um, and, and actually, this is probably the most um, astounding fact about the tree in Psalm chapter 1. The leaf does not wither. You know, the leaves on a tree are supposed to wither. We, we are in winter right now. All trees are actually in California. I'm looking out. It's mostly still there. But in regular places to live, there's seasons. <laughs> and in, in fall, all the leaves turn colors and they fall. And the leaves are supposed to wither. It's a part of life. It's a part of the life cycle of a plant. It follows the natural order of things. But this, this tree in Psalm chapter 1 does not follow the natural order of things. Why? Because when you are relying on God's resources for your life, it will oftentimes look completely different than the natural order of things. When you trust in God, and when God is your source of life, it will look very different than everything else around in the world. When everyone else is withering, your leaf will not wither. When you trust in the Lord, when you have him as your source of life. I mean, this is all throughout scripture. God's kingdom is an upside down kingdom where the first will be last, where love for enemies is the greatest love. And when a plant has a source of life, it will not die because it can draw on that source. And if we are planted by the stream of water, which is God and his life, our leaf does not wither. It does not wither. And this is essential. This is essential for us to know. Why? Because when our roots are shallow in the Lord, any type of storm or any type of circumstance may cause serious problems to us. We may be uprooted and displaced, and we might actually fall and stumble, all because we are not deeply rooted in the truth and the presence of God. But when we weather those storms, when we weather those circumstances, that produces a fruit of faith and of testimony. And so, um, you know, our fourth lesson is this. Our faith is our testimony. 
Um, let me, this is not working. Here we go. Our resiliency will be our testimony here. So when we weather these storms in our lives, when our leaf does not wither, it becomes a testimony to everyone around us. Wow, how are you so alive? I know that, you know, you're, you are, you might have, have a loved one going through, you know, actually, um, I know some of our own loved ones have gone through many health issues, and God has delivered them from a lot of them. And because of that, we have this huge testimony, gathering together, declaring God's faithfulness over, you know, our lives and everything else, that cancer is not one, that disease has not won, that our leaf has not withered, that God has been good to us. You know, um, when we weather these things, when we weather the storms, it produces a fruit of faith and testimony. Why? Because we recognize that we should have withered. We should have fallen. But God was the one who sustained us, right? Like we are weak in our own selves, but God was the one who sustained us. And that is what a testimony is. That is what our faith is. That God is the one who saves. That God is the one who delivers and saves. And testif we testify of that salvation to everyone around us. So the second part of this, this, uh, this verse says, whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. Um, you know, that's a dangerous word in our church circles, prosper, um, because there's this thing called the prosperity gospel. And what that kind of teaching is, is basically God wants to make you healthy and wealthy. That is God's will for you. And where that kind of teaching goes wrong um, is not... It's because prof prosperity in Scripture is not solely about material wealth. It's not just about the here and now. And in fact, if we look at the disciples, if we look even at Jesus Christ, Jesus himself had no place to lay his head, let alone he did not have a mansion to go back to, right? So the prosperity gospel was very much misguided in that area. But there's a flip side to this as well, where we who are not tenants of the prosperity gospel, we are so afraid to be anywhere near that so doctrinally incorrect, or we're so anti-prosperity gospel that we cannot even receive good things from the Lord anymore. <laughs> in other words, we have become a people who cannot believe that God wants to give us anything good. And that's equally dangerous. Equally dangerous. We look in scripture. There's scripture, um, there's a parallel passage um, in Jeremiah from, in Psalm 1. We read it now. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord, that person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now, here is the difference between prosperity gospel and the prosperity that God has for his people. God wants to bless us to bless others. And God will sustain his people, not just to be comfortable and to have a good life, but God will sustain his people for his mission, to build his kingdom, right? To bear fruit, to bear fruit, this is where God wants to prosper us, to grow our fruitfulness, not to grow our bank accounts, not to grow our, our uh, influence, not to grow our power, 
but to grow our fruitfulness, to grow more Christians, to grow deeper and deeper in the Lord. That is the prosperity that God is talking about. And yes, God wants to give us good things. Yes. But does that mean God wants to buy us a private jet? By no means. Does that mean God wants us to... I can't, I can't even... That's a real thing, okay? So um, <laughs> you can Google it later. But yes, God does not want any of that for us, all right? He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to be fruitful, to have a leaf that does not wither, right? And um, there's, you know, there's really no other way. We're going to, we're, in 2020, we're going to go through a season of transition. And that's kind of why this word deeply rooted came to me. Um, in a season of transition, I wanted us to be a people who are deeply rooted in Christ, not in a place, not in a person, uh, but in Christ and in Christ alone. And if you think about where we were last year, we think about where we were 10 years ago, we think about where we were when this church first started. You know, our church is not built on a place. Our church is not built on a person. Our church is built on, on Christ and in Christ alone. And that is what I'm telling myself, you know, because Pastor Chris, he's leaving, he's transitioning out. And, um, and for me, that's left me with a lot of fear. Um, and, you know, as I was wrestling with this all of last year and thinking about, oh my gosh, it's going to be me. It's just me, just me. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But God gave me peace and God gave me assurance that it's never been about me. It's never been about any pastor. It's never been about a building. We're deeply rooted in Christ. And that is the, the kind of the theme that I want to present to us as we begin this year. You know, we have to be a people who are deeply rooted in Christ, not a, not a building, not a person, not a pastor. And I remind myself that. I'm not building this church. I'm not working for this church to build myself up. I'm working for Christ. And I hope to point all of us to Christ every single week that we meet. And that's the goal. That's the goal. And so, um, you know, um, what does that look like for us, you know, to, to be deeply rooted in Christ? Um, even thinking about this idea of prosperity, what does that mean for us? Um, there's, I need to talk about this too, because we think about prosperity and fruitfulness, even if we think about it in the right way, where we want to grow God's kingdom and grow God's church and serve him. America, the American church has kind of twisted that in a way as well. Um, how do I say it? There's a difference between kingdom building and picking up our cross. Actually, there's a pastor up in the North Bay. Uh, his name's Russell Yee. He wrote about Advent um, and he wrote this devotional. It was really great. I'll link it later. Um, he wrote about Advent as a line with one point with an end point on each end, um, beginning at Christmas and ending when Christ comes again. Um, but he was also sh telling us about a, another shape, um, that our lives here also follow another shape, which is an oval centered on two points that go back and forth, back and forth, two points, back and forth, back and forth. Advent is a line, you know, Christmas, and then next one. So it's one line. But an oval, you know, keeps going back and forth around two lines. And what he was telling us, a Christian centers their lives on two points, the cross and the empty grave. And it's always going from one to the other, the cross and the empty grave. Um, he got that idea from a, another theologian by Eric, the name of Eric Law, 
And this is called the cycle of gospel living. And in this cycle, the Christian life revolves around the two different focuses, the cross and the empty tomb. And the Christian needs both the cross and the empty tomb to stay faithful, to stay growing, and to stay ready. Because in the Christian life, we are always in motion. We're always going from the cross to the, to the empty tomb or going back to the cross from the empty tomb. And then when we get to that point, we start again. We keep going. And sometimes we're in both places at once. And we see certain aspects of our life here at the cross and some aspects of our life here in the empty tomb. When we think about the cross, it's just about um, giving up power, surrendering, dying to yourself. We think about the empty grave, empty tomb. It's about victory. It's about um, resurrection. It's about new life and about hope. And we're always in between these two places as a Christian. And for, this is where we get back to kingdom building. For the American church, very good at empty, empty, empty tomb. Very, very good. Very good at victory. Very good at celebrating that. Not so good at the cross. Not so good. When a church is struggling, when a church is losing power, when a church is losing influence, what happens in the American church? Oh gosh, something must be wrong. God must, not, God must be calling us to do something completely different. When a church is thriving and growing and building campuses and doing all these things, empty grave. They celebrate. They do conferences. They, they preach. They write books. They do all these things. But these two points are essential. Why? Because Christ went from the cross to the empty grave. And he calls us what? To pick up our cross. What? And also to live a new life. We need both to form a whole picture of what it looks like to be a Christian. Really. And so what does it mean when we're in a season of going towards the cross? It's okay. It's okay. It just means that we are supposed to embrace the cross. And when, we're, when we find ourselves at the cross, what do we hope for? We hope for an empty grave, right? And when we are at a place of being, you know, victorious, when we're, we're celebrating life, what do we do? We give up that power for the good of others. We go back to the cross, Right? That is what it's about, the cycle of gospel living. Um, and so, as a, as a Christian, what is prosperity? A pros- prosperity is knowing how to cycle back and forth, back and forth. Knowing that we can lead each other in this cycle. Knowing that we can be fruitful, and we can survive the storms of life. Um, so, for us, I want us to be a family that is completely gospel-centered, deeply rooted in our unshakable God and planted by the stream of water that is Christ, yielding fruit and resilient to the transitions and calamity of life. So how do we get there? How do we get to that place of fruitfulness? How do we get to that place? It's the most Sunday school of Sunday school answers, right? It's Jesus. It really is. It's Jesus. So we look at this, this passage here, the whole one. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers, not so the wicked, they are like chaff the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. How do we get there? We delight. We delight in the law of the Lord. We find joy in Christ, in Christ alone. We meditate on his law day and night. What does that mean? We have a relationship that's ongoing with God and his word and with his, in him and his person as well. 
And guys, the depth of our roots is a reflection of the depth of our relationship with God. So the deeper your relationship with God, the deeper your roots are. That's it. It's that, it's that one-to-one. So we have to say yes to seeking the Lord. Say yes to seeking after God. But it's also important to say no to the sin and the brokenness and the ungodly and the scorners in our lives. So I'm going to end with this. Colossians chapter 2. So then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So what is the stream that we're talking about? It is Christ who have conquered sin, who has conquered shame and death on the cross and now calls us to live with him and for him as we pick up our cross daily. So I'm gonna invite the worship team back up here. And um, actually, can you, can you lead that song, uh, Cornerstone? Yeah, and as we, as we sing that song, I want us to recognize that we are deeply rooted in Christ alone, that he is our cornerstone. Um, and so f- for us here, you know, as we, we think about what God is saying, uh, going back even to this idea of New Year's resolutions, <laughs> in what ways can you be more deeply rooted in Christ this year? In what ways can you be more deeply rooted in Christ this year? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you have made a way for us to come to you. My God, we are, we're so foolish sometimes, God, thinking that we can go this way and that way, that we can plan for this and plan for that. But God, you are, in, you are sovereign. You are in control. And so God, help us to see that, God, you have us where you want us to be. Help us to know, and God, and know that, God, you um, are working in our lives even now. And, God, help us, God, to see that, uh, to build our house on, on, uh, on solid, the solid rock of Christ is, is the best decision that we can make. Help us, God, to deeply root ourselves in you and in your son, Jesus Christ. And so, God, um, give us the resolve. Point us um, and show us the way, God, to... Um, to start this decade off right, to start this decade off strong um, in faith and in step with you, God. In Christ's name I pray, amen.